What's up, everybody? This is Max Cavalera, Soul Ply, and you listen to Discography Discussion. Stay metal. You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 264, Soulfly. Hosted by Dan Terry. It's so dark. And Joseph Wren. Because that's how you get past the dark ages. You just conquer you everyone. Have to, you have to conquer everyone, right? Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you're ready to jump the fuck up, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. The time has come to embrace groove because that is what we are about to get in these 11 records so much groove so much joy it's one of the bands that you think of when you say the word max cavalera dan are you excited i mean it's about damn time we talked about Soulfly on the podcast we did that you know sort of controversial sepultura episode a few years ago was it really controversial it was controversial for some people. They did not like how we mistreated the modern incarnation of Sepultura and didn't feel like we gave those albums a chance. We really weren't fair. But let me let you in on a few things on that. Spoilers. Number one, be happy we talked about those albums at all because my original plan for that episode was to stop talking about Sepultura after Roots and immediately <laughs> go into the Soulfly catalog. So the fact that I didn't do that, you know, it, it, was, it was really just so that we could acknowledge the Derek Green-led era of Sepultura. That being said, we probably will revisit Sepultura in the future and give those albums a little bit of a second listen. It's going to happen. It'll happen. Just give us some time. This week, we're all about Max and we're all about Soulfly. And that's what I want to stay focused in on here. And, you know, Soulfly was such a natural progression from what max had been doing on roots uh before his departure from the band and uh to hear the sound carry over so well into soulfly was good i know i know not everybody was into it a lot of people that are sepultura fans are not necessarily new metal fans uh they like roots but that's about as close to new metal as they're gonna go whereas soulfly at least in their first few albums definitely took that new metal flag and ran with it you cannot deny the influence that era of sepultura had on new metal and what soulfly would continue to have on new metal it's fun to look back at those records and say did it start with roots did it start with refuse resist did it start with the self-titled corn album the point i'm looking for is when did everyone decide the groove and the rhythm of the song was more important to the heaviness than how much shred you could fit in the five-minute multi-person guitar solo? I think it's an example of everyone just getting on board with something different, something more groove-driven. I think the 90s were the era of the groove, Everybody was arguing or fighting over what groove metal was or what that term even meant. It's simple. Did it have feeling? 
the groove comes first and Soulfly is going to be 11 records of groove my friends i'm down i know dan is down we've been doing a lot more fun discographies lately dude I don't know, man. The one we're going to do next, I don't, I'm not going to have as much fun with. Hey, don't worry about that. We're going to take a nice trip to see John Drake and talk about all things, you could say gun related, maybe, Good. maybe roses. Like, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> but you know, to answer your question, Joe, uh, it was pretty much the first corn album that, that started what, what you're talking about. Uh, with the groove and all that. Tell that to the Ro- Roach Coach. Roots is Roots is um, Roots was influenced by corn or, or by new metal. Uh, I think that sometimes people get these things confused because they think that oh well, Soulfly or Sepultura, you know, because of them having a his uh, a rich history in thrash metal and and all of that, people tend to think that like oh yeah. They, they must have innovated the style. This is one of those things where they kind of just embraced a new style and added their own sort of flair to it. But they were definitely influenced by that first Corn album. I mean, every, everybody was, you know, that year. Absolutely. And in hindsight, that makes perfect sense. I think the one thing Sepultura brought and Soulfly would bring is that rhythmic tribal feel. Yeah, everybody took something from that first corn record, but everybody built the genre together. I think it's worth mentioning that these artists came out at similar times and had been around a similar amount of time. So were they jumping on board with a trend or were they just making some groovy fucking music? When I listen to Soulfly, it sounds like Max just wanted to make some fucking groovy music, and that's what he did. That is what he did. So with Soulfly... You know, obviously they have been around since 1997, which is a really long time. It's funny. I still, to this day, think of Soulflies. Oh, yeah, then it's like Max's new band. No, Max, that's not Max's new band. That's that's Max's main band. And uh, he he's also been in several other new bands since then, such as Killer Be Killed and, of course, uh, Cavalier Conspiracy. So he's uh, he's got a lot of different, a lot of different irons in the fire. Well, before Dan and I continue to gush about Max and his bands, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Hey, we do enjoy some five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. If you want to leave us a review, leave us a review. Just uh, wherever you can leave us one, whatever podcast app you're using, leave us a review. If it allows you to give a written review, we will read it on the show. But if you guys want to tell us we're doing a good job or just tell us something specifically, send us an email at show at gmail.com. Uh, if you want us to give a shout out to your band or your business or your company or your promotion or whatever you have going on, also send us an email and we'll see what we can do for you. We had another Discuss Metal Live this month. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Make sure you're subscribed to Dan's YouTube channel. That's Discuss Metal Dan, right? Discuss Metal Dan on YouTube. 
You're going to always get an episode of Discuss Metal Live. Hope you guys enjoyed this last one. And we're going to keep doing it. Every single month. Speaking of YouTube, we got uh, quite a few YouTube comments. Uh, the first one was in response to our Norma Jean episode, episode 100. That's a that's going back a minute. We're almost at 300. Absolutely. Uh, Christian Wall says, you guys uh, should really go watch the Polar Similar documentary on YouTube. It answers a lot of questions about the studio, the process of recording, and some of the info behind the weirdo atmospheric tracks, the number stations. Great discussion. Thanks for this. Well, thank you very much for, for checking out that episode. It was one of my favorites for sure. I don't need any prompting to go back and watch that documentary. I enjoy watching bands make records. I think it's something that's been from the early 2000s when DVDs started to be included in CDs or the deluxe edition included that 35-minute whatever you want to call it documentary i think it's cool to watch a band make a record it's really cool to watch norma jean make polar similar the greatest album they've ever made in my opinion in the same studio that was once filled with all things nirvana it's an interesting thought process to think about what decisions they made versus what decisions dave Grohl maybe made in reference to our cyclone 9 episode that we did on our last industrial december Wade Clark comes in and says, Cyclone 9 is the final witch house boss. I would definitely have to agree with that. <laughs> Terrifying stuff. I don't know, dude. Have you heard that new Vane record? Yeah, that thing is woof. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to peel the paint right off my car. Subscribe to Patreon if you want to hear what we think about that record. It's intense. In reference to our Society's Finest episode, uh, Josh Ashworth of Society's Finest commented you should tell more so fine stories and shit thanks for this uh we will do that uh we we may be talking to him soon and in reference to our malevolent creation episode jay sandoval commented let's be honest you guys didn't give malevolent much respect and credit sucks yeah i mean I, all i can say about that is that i listened to all their records and i did i enjoyed quite a few of them actually um, but overall, I didn't enjoy the band's discography as a whole. And that is, uh, unfortunately something that just happens. Keep in mind, we're guys that listen to records and we talk about what we thought of them. We're not taking into account, um, somebody's importance in a specific scene or their importance into music in that year. Let's put it this way. If I know what I'm talking about, when I'm talking about that kind of stuff, I will say it. But if I don't know what I'm talking about, I choose to say nothing at all. And I think sometimes that gets seen as a lack of respect or a lack of perspective. But really what it boils down to is I'm just talking about the recorded material for the most part. That is what we do on this podcast. You're hearing our thoughts after one week of 100% exposure to a band. It's really the same formula we've kept for now five years. And it's my favorite thing about this show, taking a band that we do listen to, don't listen to, have never heard, and holding them to the same standard one week, everything they've ever done. How does it land on you? How does it land on me? How does it land on the listener? So keep those comments coming. Keep those band suggestions coming. We get those in the Discord all the time. Shout out to the King of Metal and all the Discography Discussion patrons for making Bandcamp Fridays a thing that has quickly become 
my purchasing habit this year. <laughs> Joe's given uh, Bandcamp or now Epic Games a lot of money this year. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Epic Games. Uh, Epic Games bought Bandcamp. Is that what I get for downloading all those free games from the Epic Game Store and I mean, never buying a single thing? I don't know, man. Uh, everybody says nothing's going to change with that. Hopefully, that is the case. I hope they keep paying their artists uh, because you know they're the ones that made the music, and they keep paying everybody fairly because you know Bandcamp is the best place to go if you're a musician and you want to get your music out there and get paid for it. So, Dan, tell me about. Soulfly. Well, Soulfly, as we mentioned at the top of this, was formed in 1997 in Los Angeles, California by one Max Cavalera after his departure from his band Sepultura. And, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a beef there, I think, between, you know, the Sepultura fans. Uh, some people sided with Max Cavalera and only cared about what he was doing. And some people only cared about Sepultura as the unit and uh, the band with their new singer, Derek Green. I'm not going to say anything mean about Derek Green because have you guys seen Derek Green? That guy could rip me in half with his bare hands. <laughs> so I'm not going to I'm not going to talk any shit about him. But I have I have been a lifelong Max Cavalera fan. So obviously was always very interested in hearing what Soulfly was doing. And uh, I got to say, man, for the year that their first album dropped, I would say I, I'm not disappointed with Soulfly at all in 1998. And that is the name of the self-titled debut, 1998, Soulfly. I'm a rhythm guitarist by trade. I can play leads. I like playing leads. But when I started playing guitar... I wanted to be the rhythm guitarist. I wanted to be James Hetfield. I wanted to be the guy that drove the song forward with the bass player and the drummer. One thing I love about Max Cavalera's style, for whatever reason, I don't really know why, four strings on that guitar. It's just his signature sound, I guess. Um, with this self-titled debut, there was a lot of weird, <laughs> kind of a lot of weird stuff uh, that happened with this album. Uh, Max was obviously pissed off about a lot of different things, but this is also well, this was also kind of the height of Max's popularity as a, as a heavy metal star. If you have heavy metal stars, so he had made a lot of friends. He'd done very well in Sepultura. Uh, we talked about on the Sepultura episode about how he had to deal with the death of his stepson and best friend. Uh, Dana Wells, and that was uh, that was sort of, that was a tragedy all of an, all in itself, and that's actually still weighing very heavily on his mind during the recording of this album, which is why I think it's so pissed off. It's definitely one of the one of the angriest Max Cavalera albums up to this point. And he chooses to do that by basically inviting all of his friends. Uh, that he's made along the way uh, to do guest appearances on this album. So you've got uh, Burton C. Bell. Uh, you've got Dino Cazares from Fear Factory. Um, you've got Fred Durst and DJ Lethal from Limp Bizkit. You've got Chino Marino from Deftones. And uh, you even have Benji from Skindred 
previously from uh, Dub War. Uh, and so he's got, uh, and, and more people. This is just all that I can kind of remember off the top of my head. One thing you're going to have to get used to right up front, Soulfly has guest appearances all the time. All the time. And so you kind of throw all of this stuff into a blender. The type of album that you actually have is a very tribal-influenced sort of new metal sound. Not all that different from Sepultura's Roots. Not a carbon copy of it, but it definitely sounds like this is just could have been the next Sepultura album. <laughs> and from Max's perspective, I think that's exactly what it was, or at least what it started out as. I, I think it was just him continuing to do the the thing that he had been doing, you know. And uh, but I think that I think that it's easy to look at a record like this and be like, oh, it didn't age well. But I mean, for a new metal record in 1998, this was still a very hot sound. Now I know all the old thrash heads and death metal heads or whatever. You know, oh, it's pure shit. You know, just go to the go to the metal archives and just see what those guys have to say about about Soulfly. But uh, but I, I actually quite liked this record, and uh, I still listen to it to this day. My favorite song actually is probably the most popular song on it, which is Bleed, and it features my uh, my good friend Fred Durst. <laughs> on uh you know on a, on on part of the song and it's interesting hearing fred kind of in here i feel like for whatever reason chino from deftones definitely i he he's he's done stuff with max and soulfly and even sepultura before and it matches really really well fred kind of sticks out like a sore thumb but in kind of a really fun unexpected sort of way so, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Bleed, and I really like this record. I mean, I think this still has that that sort of classic um, that sort of classic new metal sound before it got cool, you know? Max strikes me as the kind of musician who goes to the studio with the intention of writing and recording a new song. And who shows up for that session entirely depends on who he hung out with yesterday. <laughs> Everything he does is about friendship and getting everyone involved. So by the time they have a full record of songs, that's the next Soulfly album. That's really cool. It's something that he was doing or this band was doing in 1998 that has become extremely common with technology being the way records are produced. It's almost nothing now to get a guest vocalist spot or to get a guest guitarist. So here is Soulfly. This is how it starts. It's not new metal as we would come to call it, but it is that sound, it is that vibe. And you know I'm enjoying it. I get my tribal drums, I get my slowed down mid-paced groove that makes everybody wanna dance. And so much rhythm guitar, I love every second of this record. I disagree that it didn't age well. It's not the best Soulfly record, but it's 1998, and it's exactly what I signed up for. Are you ready for Primitive, Dan? Well, I was going to say, I don't think that... I think this record is just fine. I mean, I still like listening to it, but I think in my mind, it's sort of overshadowed by uh, 2000's Primitive. It's time. This is my favorite record. It's not my favorite Soulfly record. I actually like some of their later era catalog a little bit more, just because I'm a I'm a meathead. Um, but uh, yeah, I really, really, really love Primitive. I love the way it starts off. 
again, we're kind of back in that sort of roots territory. We're going to Brazil. Yeah. And um, I I mean, the opening track back to the primitive is just, uh, it's just, it, it's a, it's, it's a chef's kiss. <laughs> um, and then Max just comes in, you know, back to the primitive, fuck all your politics, you know, uh, man, I don't know. It's just, it feels really good. Um, it, it, it feels really good hearing Max be sort of back in the pocket and just kind of seeming playful with it. I feel like the first Soulfly album was really serious because he was like super, super pissed off. And yes, obviously, like it's still angry, it's still aggressive, it's still metal, but uh, this record, it sounds like he was a little bit more open to letting the songs breathe and just really kind of having a little bit of fun with it. Um, and again, this record also tons and tons of, uh, of guest appearances. You've got Chino is back. Corey Taylor does a guest spot on jump to fuck up, which You're I'm sure goddamn right he does. Which I'm sure we will, <laughs> we will talk about a little bit more. And then, uh, Sean Lennon, uh, was on a song and, uh, even, uh, even Tom Araya from Slayer, uh, makes an appearance. This is also the first album where you start seeing that, you know, every Soulfly album has an instrumental song on it called Soulfly. So, you know, for the first album, you have Soulfly. Then the second album, you have Soulfly 2 and 3 and so on. There's a lot. <laughs> there, there's a lot. And uh, I actually, with as many albums of this band that this band has, uh, I've just taken all of those instrumentals and made them into their own playlist. And uh, it's a very interesting result when you do that. It's almost like getting a sort of a bonus uh, instrumental album. But man, yeah, primitive hits in all the right ways. I think this actually sounds more like uh, Roots era Sepultura than even the first album did. Absolutely. And um, it's got, you know, obviously a little bit better production. And um, I feel like the songs overall are just stronger and catchier. A lot of the Soulfly songs that people know uh, are found on this album with Jump the Fuck Up being probably the biggest one. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hard song title to say with a straight face. And you're like, oh, God, jump the fuck up. What kind of dumb stuff is this going to be? But actually, it's uh, it's actually kind of a banger. I mean, it's weird, too, because you have Corey Taylor that starts off, you know, starts his guest appearance off singing clean, doing doing kind of the uh, the stone sour thing. Um, and, yeah, that song absolutely just expands and explodes. <laughs> We talked about it on the Sepultura episode, specifically with the album Roots, but then Soulfly is keeping that custom percussionist thing going forward. And I call it that because that's what new metal started to call it. Having a secondary drummer or a secondary rhythm guy or somebody who's there to just add to the layers of heavy. It's something that... When I hear it on Soulfly, I hear it on Cavalier Conspiracy, I hear it on the classic Sepultura, it sounds like Max to me. And I know it's not him, but it is his brother at one point, and it's whoever's in the band. It's a vibe that is truly Soulfly when I'm listening to Primitive. And it puts me in a different mood than your regular Slipknot, 
sounding multiple drummers. <laughs> it's just that vibe that makes you want to mosh and it makes you feel good when you're listening to this record. Like I said, this album is my favorite because it mixes that vibe of roots that everybody loves with everything Soulfly is going to continue to do for the next 20 years. Yeah. This is kind of the real starting point for me. And I think it's the easiest album to come back to because it does set that baseline so hard that you really don't have to deviate if you don't want to. And you don't get upset that you're getting more of this because this is exactly what you want. You want that tribal feel. And that's the word of the day. You want it to be tribal and heavy. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is probably the best Soulfly album to introduce somebody to the band with. I think it's more or less a thesis statement for where they're going to be for the next few years. And, um, yeah, again, with, with guest appearances and a different lineup, though, too. I think that was that was something that we kind of breezed over is that each Soulfly album during this period of time is essentially going to be a different band from the album before it. It's almost like Max invites his friends over to the studio to write a fucking heavy album. <laughs> I mean, basically, basically that's usually how it works. And, um, and I think he was comfortable with that, you know, for a while because it just, every single album would bring a different band. Now over time, uh, a lineup would solidify, but even then it doesn't necessarily mean people aren't going to come and go here and there. And I'm not going to focus too much on that on this episode or else this episode is going to be three hours long. And, uh, you know, as we've been told multiple times on some of our older episodes, nobody has time for that. <laughs> it is a pressure release point to have a new band. Most bands struggle to write album number one. They really struggle to write album number two. Don't get me started on album number three. So to have a new band or a new group of musicians, at least in the beginning, was probably the easiest thing he could do because it's always something new there's no pressure just come in and if it works it works it becomes the new album it's just a good way to bring the vibe in it's not always a negative some artists have bragged about having new players on every album well who's the hard one to work with i don't think max is the hard one to work with in that case I don't think that's, I don't think it's necessarily, yeah, like, a, oh, somebody's hard to work with or anything like that. I think it's more of, I think the the energy level on each of these records is always as high as it is because you have new blood. It's almost like sitting down with a new band every time you record a record. I mean, it's not almost like that. That's literally what it, what it is. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, just, just having sort of that fresh perspective, you know. And there's enough difference between each of these albums to where it's not going to be, it's not like a George Lucas thing where it's like, hey, we're going to make another Soulfly album and now this is what we're doing and everybody needs to execute that. I w think wait this Wait a is, second, we need to CG Job of the Hut back into Primitive. Right. Give yeah. us a few days. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it, it's more like, it, it's more, I think, a collaborative effort, which is why these albums sound distinctly different from each other. But they, you can tell they still started with the idea of, okay, you guys have heard Soulfly, so there's sort of a sort of a baseline, you know, this is what we sound like. But I, I, I honestly think that uh, the, the self-titled Primitive and even 3 sound 
um, similar but different enough to where it's not it, it doesn't sound repetitive to me. I think on paper, what we're describing is we're like, yep, another one. They did it again that it's going to be repetitive. But this is not like a Slayer uh, sort of situation where we're just going to be doing the same thing forever. 2002. Three. Now, before anybody sends me an email, I'm just going to stop you right here. Um, I realize that the title of this album isn't actually three. It's it's the, it's it's the name of whatever the symbol is that's on the cover. It looks like a number three to me, but uh, I know there's another word for it. I just don't know how to. Um, I, I don't really know how to how to pronounce it. <laughs> it says it's a uh, orm. Um, I don't know. You can look it up. If you look it up, it gives you the pronunciation. But it's uh, regardless of all of that. Um, I just want you to know that I do know that it's not actually called three, but it is commonly referred to as three, even even by the band. So uh, this is just what we're gonna this is just what we're gonna go with. Um, I like this album a lot. I think it continues on very much in the same vein as Primitive. Uh, you've got your you've got your guest uh, musicians on this one. Uh, on the song one specifically, a uh, friend of the show, Christian Machado, provides guest vocals, and uh, it's really always. I mean, obviously, it's always great to hear Christian singing on a record. <laughs> you know, it's it's just you know he he's got it all. Um, I feel like this one too, though, definitely kind of experimented around a little bit with the sound. It gets even more. Um, this is the point in their discography where I start referring to them as the metal world music band because you've still got That's your an interesting perspective yeah you've still got your you've still got your um you know your your ball crushing you know metal you've got the groove you've got max you know in your face screaming at you but um these songs are generally a little bit slower uh they'll go from you know some bone crunching riffs and a groove and then just go into like a more melodic sort of ballady type of song and uh probably one of my favorite soulfly songs ever is uh tree of pain and um which is a uh you know which is obviously a a tribute to uh max's stepson dana who died um and uh it's one of the it's one of the most emotional songs i've heard but not representing emotion the way that you're used to hearing emotion from Soulfly. <laughs> Usually there's only one emotion, angry. The vibe on this one is a bit slower. And I think you're right. They were just trying something different or they were trying a different motivation. But it's not bad. It doesn't not fit with the discography up to this point. You have three really good records that any of the songs could be played in any order. And you're going to have a good vibe. You're going to have a good time listening to this band. It's a little strange at a glance, but I'm not having a bad time listening to the record. It's just a little bit slower. It's something different from Soulfly. It breaks my expectation of what a Max Cavalera-fronted band is going to sound like, but it doesn't totally throw away the rhythm and the tribal. It just slows everything down and paces it a little differently so it was a challenge sounds great what else you got yeah no i think it's cool uh i think it's nice that it has a little bit more um variety overall sort of more of a more more dynamics overall 
But yeah, it does slow the pace down, but I think after two records of just, you know, slaughter, I think that's okay. Don't worry. We're going to get there again. This is this is more or less the last Soulfly album that I would describe as new metal. I think they're starting to slowly transition out of that style. 2004 Prophecy. Good old Prophecy. This is the first album that has the genre tag is only groove metal. <laughs> And it is so fucking groovy. It is. It is. Um, yeah, Prophecy was kind of a, kind of more of a, a look to go back into sort of what Max had become famous for in his younger years, which was more of a sort of a thrash metal, sort of death metal sort of sound. And... Um, I think it works. I think it blends actually really well with with their sort of pre-established groove sound. I agree. I think Soulfly will always have groove, and changing the pace a little bit, going back to the death metal influenced guitar playing that does not truly abandon the groove. It's a little bit of a back step, but isn't that a good thing in 2004 when you've had three albums that replicate roots and i think when we talked to max a couple of years ago and he talked about performing roots live and it was going to be the last time that they did that i think he's conscious that everyone loves that record so much it clearly influenced his writing style and his performance style so it's not a huge offshoot but maybe he's just trying to stretch backwards a little bit and say, this is something I liked about my music and I want to start incorporating it again. Like slowly weaning everyone off of, it's just going to be another Roots, Bloody Roots. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate sort of this, this sort of, I wouldn't even want to use the word backtrack, but like obviously I enjoy this style of music more than I enjoy like new metal. And so I just think that this guy was hard driving and by this guy, I mean this album. I don't know why I said this guy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think this is just hard driving in your face, you know, sort of bare bones metal. But then you've got sort of, again, all of these sort of world music uh, elements being thrown in there. And I have to admit that I, as much as I do enjoy getting slaughtered, um, I do think that maybe... Maybe this album comes off sounding a little bit disjointed in that way because you've got so much of that heaviness, but then sort of mixing it in with um, with all these world instruments, I think it worked a little bit better than it did on the... It worked a little bit better on the last album than it did on this one. But I also think that that's sort of just a natural growing pain in trying to shift styles. So, like, I'm giving it a free pass because I think it still sounds really good. Um, you know... I also, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I really, really, really enjoy it. It's good. Yeah. I, I like the record. I don't like it as much as Primitive, but it's still a good fucking <laughs> record. Well, yeah, and I think it I think it also kind of, you know, introduces you to the idea of like, hey, we're not going to, you know, when you listen to a Soulfly record in 2004, it's going to reflect kind of where metal is now because in 2004, there was a whole lot of other stuff going on with metal, <laughs> right? Right? We don't have to beat that into the ground like we usually do. Um, so I'll just leave it at that, that this was, you know, obviously there, there's going to be a bigger audience in 2004 for sort of this like extreme metal sort of direction. 
And I think, I think Max, even as a vocalist, has always been extreme anyway. So, I mean, I think that this record definitely fit like a glove for me in 2004, whereas it gave me the heaviness that I wanted, but also offered me sort of these different, more diverse sort of elements. 2005, Dark Ages. Oh, man, it's Dark Ages. It's so dark. It's so dark. And rhythmic and tribal. <laughs> <laughs> and atmospheric and melodic. Did I mention that uh, Mark Rizzo joined the band on the last record? You just did. Okay, well, cool. I, I So I did mention it. Cool. <laughs> As I was mentioning it, whether I mentioned it or not. Who um, knows yeah. what you mentioned? Mark Rizzo and uh, uh, Mark Rizzo, formerly of Il Nino, um, and then also Bobby Burns, formerly of Primer 55, uh, played bass. And Mark played lead guitar. And uh, I could definitely hear... I, I like Mark Rizzo's influence on Soulfly, like, musically. I think he was a really, really, really strong... I mean, he is a really... He's not dead, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 I think he's a really, really, really good technical guitar player. And uh, I really enjoy all... I have enjoyed pretty much all everything I've heard him record on. And uh, so having him with, uh, with Soulfly definitely... Uh, enhances my enjoyment of the band and uh, he's going to be on quite a few records so uh, you know let's well let's put it this way he'll be on every single record we talk about until we're done it's an interesting addition to the Soulfly formula if you want to call it that in 2005 I think you can call it that that bass line rhythm guitar tribal driven beat Mixed with technical guitar playing that's just sneaking in a little spice every now and then. Yep. It's a good vibe. It's a good change. It adds something that you could have, but you're not really expecting. And he doesn't go too far with it either. He doesn't rip into your death metal sweeping shred at any time. He just adds some tension release that I wasn't expecting on a Soulfly record. That's the best way I can say it. Oh, this thing is dark. This is this. I mean, Dark Ages is a very apt title because this is this is a very very angry record. And um, I mean, I have a few guesses uh, as to why. Um, you know, with the loss of a the loss of a grandson, uh, basically a brand new baby, and um, Avi also, you know, Dimebag Daryl had just been uh, murdered as well, um, and so. You know, I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of, of of grief and anger all kind of wrapped together on this record, and so this is an all-out attack, uh, lyrically, vocally, instrumentally. Um, it's the heaviest Soulfly album up to this point. Has a lot more um, emphasis on sort of thrash, even even sort of borderlines into death metal in places. And um, is absolutely a, I mean, this is one of those weird things where <laughs> you almost feel like you're enjoying someone else's pain <laughs> to a degree, but it absolutely, um, I was actually talking to uh, Clank the other day about this, uh, about how, you know, sometimes your anger and your frustration is your biggest asset because you're able, you're able to turn around and, and, and continue to make your art with it. And uh, that's exactly what is going on here with this album. 
Um, it's very angry, very emotional, very heavy. And um, it was actually, strangely enough, this album was recorded in five different countries. Uh, it was rec- Parts were recorded in Serbia, Turkey, Russia, France, and the United States. Um, and uh, so, I mean, yeah. So I guess technically it does fit that world music uh, <laughs> tag that I put on it before. But this record is actually lacking a lot of the elements that you'd normally hear on a Soulfly record. It definitely goes more... Um, more just into the straight metal territory than what we're normally used to and yeah i love it it's a banger um it's also just very very sad (laughs) with all the background i think max is one of the most authentic vocalists he doesn't write a song and try to make you feel something he just applies what he's feeling to the music that he's already creating and the reward for the listener is not I get to enjoy your pain. It's this is legitimate emotion that is not forcing me to buy into a vibe. Max Cavalera and Soulfly are writing a heavy song, multiple heavy songs. And this one, it's not about a good subject or multiple subjects. So that authentic emotion, that authentic vibe is enjoyable because it feels real. It doesn't feel artificial or forced. It just feels like this is what we needed to talk about this year. This band is very consistent up till this point. An album every two years, roughly. We have some slight deviations, but for the most part, every one to two years, you're going to get something new from Soulfly. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, you got to ask yourself, how how do you really top this? I would like to suggest 2008's Conquer, because that's how you get past the Dark Ages. You just conquer you everyone. Have to, you have to conquer everyone, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> according to uh, according to Max Cavalera, um, this album, he said that he'd been listening to a lot of Bolt Thrower, Napalm Death, and Slayer whenever he was preparing writing for this album. Don't get me wrong, buddy. I listened to those bands to get motivated myself, so I get it. And he then declared that this album would make Dark Ages sound like a pop album. Do you think that that is the case on this record, Joe? I do not think Dark Ages sounds like a pop record, no. (laughs) But I think this album takes the groove metal and makes it less systematic. It's like he pushed the boundary of technicality and it became less chunk chunk rhythm and more I have a detuned guitar and can make some sweet rhythmic melodies with it. And just for fun, we're going to throw in the old school thrash. It's kind of a blast beat thing and everyone's going to love that. It's very old school Sepultura, which as we've talked about is very old school Max. I think he's sneaking more of that classic feeling into the music well hey man you grow up listening to something you know and that's uh, and you grow up making that sort of music um yeah this this record i mean starts off strong blood fire war hate featuring david vincent of morbid fucking angel (laughs) you know like i mean yeah this is this is very much in the pocket for me and i appreciate that like at this point like it's funny because like i remember listening to this record when it came out 
and people being like, what is this? And I'm like, they're like, is this like Sepultura or something? And I was like, no, this is Soulfly. And they're like, no, this can't be Soulfly. Soulfly, so, hey, you idiot. Soulfly plays stuff like Jump the Fuck Up and Bleed. And I was like, they do play that, but they also play this. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I like that. I like that there is a thrash sort of um, backbone to all of this now. I like that that those traditional metal influences are kind of the main influences pushing forward. Number one, I think that's a little bit more timeless. And uh, the aggression level is able to go much higher. And uh, yeah, so I think this, I, I mean, this thing, this record was a clear 10 out of 10 for me. Um, it's one of my favorite Soulfly albums for sure. And, um, yeah, just, I mean, just, uh, again, I, I like records sometimes that are just kill, 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 kill. 100%. Yeah. What he said. Are you ready for Omen? Oh, buddy. I am ready for Omen. 2010. The best part about Soulfly is that you get a new album every two years. I mentioned that a little bit earlier. You can set your watch to it. Yep. Did you expect Soulfly to blow you away with some punk rock influence thrash beats and a little bit more technical guitar playing a little more classical guitar playing but it still sounds like soulfly it still sounds rhythmic and tribal and awesome yeah man like more of that <laughs> you know i wish there was more for me to say about it other than that i'm not trying to go quick or anything but like um i mean what are you gonna do it's it's max cavalera it's soulfly it's Mark Rizzo on drum, or no, it's not on drums, on on lead guitar, <laughs> and um, you know you've got a you've got a, a you've got a guest vocal from Greg of the Dillinger Escape Plan, and uh, on and Tommy Victor of Prong. So I mean we're in good hands here, and yeah, this is a little bit faster paced. It's a little bit more punk. It's a little bit more hardcore, but it's still kind of that thrash metal. Uh, and groovy metal sort of sort of mixture that Soulfly has been doing for the past couple of uh, for the last couple of albums, and uh, so you know I'm here for it. This one feels like the first record, but tempo turned up. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I don't a little too different for me. I think the thing that threw me off with this record was just how much more sort of in your face the lead guitar work actually is. Because again, with Soulfly, it's almost more about the rhythm. It's more about the the groove. But here, we're really starting to get that that super sort of technical, um, almost classic guitar solo guitar uh, lead work. And uh, and I'm and I'm here for it because it, it breaks everything up in a really 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 fun way. And a sitar never hurts. <laughs> 2012 enslaved. Ooh, are you feeling enslaved today? Absolutely not. I feel very free, and Soulfly makes me feel awesome every time I listen to it. Oh, I mean, you know, that's fair, I guess. Um, this record is, again, a, a sort of mixture of thrash metal, death metal, groove metal. I think that they have kind of found their sound because everybody thinks that soulfly sounds like they did on the first two records that's just what they sound like that's not the soulfly sound the soulfly sound is very much a mixture of death metal thrash metal and groove metal does that groove metal occasionally sound like new metal yes but it does it hasn't sounded like that in a while <laughs> up to this point in the discography 
Do we get to keep tribal drums and tribal beats and tribal feelings oh, throughout the discography? Always. Okay, then. I think although we're okay I get, with this. I get a little bit more of a sci-fi vibe on this one, although it might just be the cover <laughs> that makes me feel that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is absolutely just the sort of top tier. I mean, these records all rated well. These These records all did. They were all received by critics very well. I mean, these guys were really putting out some of their best, like, aggressive, sort of thick thrash, you know, uh, riffs and, and beats and solos, and even harder screaming from Max Cavalera. I mean, I, I just, you know, again, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I mean, it sounds like we're just pushing through these records, but, like, I like, I, so far, I mean, uh, ever since, uh, ever since Prophecy, I mean, I've been... I've been 100% on board with these records, and uh, I listened to them as they came out, so, like, you could definitely tell differences between them. I'm not trying to say that they all sound the same, but, uh, yeah, this one, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, if you like the last record, you're going to love this one. I think it's okay for Soulfly Records to sound similar, and I think once they found this mixture, this vibe and put everything together. What they're doing is releasing heavy, groovy, extreme-sounding music that has a vibe, that has a gang vocal feeling most of the time that's going to feature some of your favorite metal players and vocalists, and it's going to feature friends of Max and the band. So what you're getting is the metal supergroup experience and it's not bad it's soulfly yeah i mean what else would you expect them to do what, what <laughs> other what other expectation would you have of max cavalera and soulfly other than to be as metal as possible at, at all times <laughs> and i think that i think that like as the meat the meathead in me that's what i like the most about soulfly is the idea that like you know they're never gonna just be like yeah we decided to go in a synth pop direction on this one or we started we started writing songs with choruses <laughs> you know or we started trying to find ways to like you know become more popular than we are it's always been a love letter to heavy metal and then all of the sort of multiple styles that that encompasses that and i think that that's the best part of it for me is just sort of them having the same sort of feelings about this sort of music that I do. 2013. Savages. 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 Barely even human. Wait, that's not the right song. No, but I like the way you were going with it. Sorry, I was thinking of, I was <laughs> thinking about the song Savages from the uh, Disney film Pocahontas. <laughs> uh, Savages is interesting. Um, number one. I have to say it's probably my least favorite cover artwork of a Soulfly album. Uh, I think it's cool, but it looks I don't know, there's something there's something unappealing about the way it looks to me and I can't get my I can't get my I can't wrap my head around it. But Do you remember that it's a scene minor in gripe. Goonies where they found the treasure and the skeleton was there and he was like, "Ah, don't take my treasure." Yes, that's, I do remember that. That's the that. vibe I'm getting from this. Yeah, okay. I like it. 
Um, nothing to do with the music on the album at all. It's just a weird little gripe I have about the cover artwork. It's, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's different. I, it's not what I was expecting. It's but just a skull, dude. It's not bad. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. Do, do you have a thing with skulls now all no, of a sudden? No, I like, I like skulls. I mean, we, we were in a band. We had skulls on our t-shirts. We just didn't have that skull on our t-shirts. <laughs> if you'd had that skull on our t-shirts, I'd have been like, we're not doing this. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so one of the most interesting additions on this record is that uh, Max's own son, Zion Cavalera, is now the full-time drummer of Soulfly. Because that's what all of us metal dads want, is we want... We want the family band, <laughs> right? I've got, I've got, uh, I've got, you know, two uh, two kids right now that are learning how to play instruments. So, you know, you guys can expect my family band to make their debut at some time in the very near future. We'll see you in your bluegrass band at the World's Fair. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, they play ukulele, but you know, no, actually, their uh, music instructor just gave them, uh, just gave them baritone ukuleles. Which means they are going to be able to, like, play guitar soon. I'll wait for my phone call then. Sounds good to me. Anyway, back to this album. Um, this is actually a lot more, um, I don't know, it's a lot more, like, fun sounding overall than, than the last few have been. Not fun as in it sounds cheesy or dumb, but just, like, I don't know, th there's a little bit more variation in, in sort of the riffs and just the way the songs flow. And, um... But I do get the feeling that they were definitely going for more of like a death metal sound on this one. And again, just as they do, try to be as heavy as possible. Um, this album, I like it. I don't always remember a lot about it when I'm done listening to it, if I'm being honest. Keep in mind, I've been listening. I've been listening to all I've been listening to all of these albums over the years. And uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this one. I just don't necessarily know if it was the absolute best they've ever done doesn't make it bad just it just didn't stick with me like like some of the more recent ones had i don't have a lot of unique things to say about this record there's not a lot you can say at this point in the discography that you haven't already said soulfly is going to be a solid band and the record is going to fit right in with the rest of the discography so if this one comes up on a shuffle it's fine for me but I can't say I've reached for Savages at any point since owning the album. It's a cool record. It's the next record by Soulfly. It's fine. But I do think you're right. There's nothing about this one that makes me want to listen to Savages today. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even a critique. It's like, if it was really bad, I'd have more to say about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, next. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Not to mention, guys, I apologize. We got 11 albums to get through here, but uh, yeah, is is Savages going to be your favorite Sepultura album? No, because it's not by Sepultura; it's by Soulfly. I messed that up. Is uh, is Savages going to be your favorite Soulfly album? Probably not, but that's that's okay because I think the next one or the one after it might be 2015 Archangel. Holy shit, we sold our souls to metal. I hate it when that happens. It happens all the time. I need money. Metal's there. It's like, dude, come here. Just sell me your soul. You're not using it for anything. And I'm like, all right. Wait, are you Max Cavalera? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just, you know, it's not unusual that metal may have had the same conversation with him. I feel like he had that conversation with metal. Do you want me and my band to put out a new album this year? 
Dude. Do you want it to be innovative and awesome? <laughs> do you want to have do you want to have uh, heavy, fast punk vibes with your thrashy groove metal? Because that's what you're going to get on Archangel. You know what none of the Soulfly records sound like in 2015? What's that? Modern metal. Nothing no. about these albums sounds fake, artificial, or otherwise... Sequenced? Yes. Yeah. And that, to me, is the best part about this band in 2015. You're still hearing a band of heaviness. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is like... I, I don't really even know how to describe it because I don't even think it sounds all that different than Savages, to be honest, but it sounds a lot fresher to me. It sounds more um, more in your face, more go for the throat. Maybe it's just differences in production style. I don't know. Um, I think it just boils down to that I like the riffs on this one more than I like the riffs on the last one, right? Like Savages is more a personal like preference. three to me as time goes on. Again, there's nothing wrong with it, but this record... I wanted this energy when I was listening to the last album. I agree. And I think that's just part of it, right? Like, how do we do what we've been doing but do it better? This is a perfect a perfect example of that. And, uh, yeah, I think I, I love this one so much, man. Um, I Whenever I first <laughs> wanted to do discography discussion, you know, as a podcast, I wanted to talk about Soulfly. This was, I think, the only album that was out <laughs> at that exact time. You're welcome. And uh, yeah, this was, or this was the last. Uh, this would have been the end of the discography, but we uh, we pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back on it. We were, I, you know, originally I wanted to do it as part of the Sepultura episode, which I think I said that already. Um, but yeah, I mean this this album is absolutely like in 2015 I was running around just showing it to everybody and being like, dude, you need to check out this new Soulfly album. And um I think most of the people I showed it to were pretty were pretty blown away and that they're like, "Holy crap, like this isn't even this doesn't even sound like the same band that that we heard you know, <laughs> back in the late 90s." And I'm all like, "What if I told you that it is the same band, but it also kind of isn't?" I would accept it for being as awesome as it is. And I would seriously question if the first iteration of the band had come back to record a new album. Right. Um, I think this is, I, yeah, I think this is really good. This is, this again is my favorite era. I like later era Soulfly more than I like early era Soulfly. So I think, yeah, this is, this is a sh another chef's kiss. 2018 ritual. Speaking of chef's kisses. So, uh, where we come into this story, <laughs> at least, uh, at least a little bit, uh, this album came out after we had recorded our original Sepultura episode, which I can't remember if we did that in, in, did we do that in, in 2018 or did we do that in 2017? I really can't remember. I think it was 18, but we talked about Sepultura and, um, we were actually, uh, we were actually contacted by one of Max's family members after hearing it and he's just like hey man you know really enjoyed the podcast um i don't remember if he let max listen to it or not uh or if max did hear it or whatever but we did end up uh getting to actually sit down and do a very short interview with max before the uh before the release of this album i think it was only a few days before it had come out and um that was uh that was definitely as podcasters one of our you know it's no secret that we you know we, it was really fucking cool. We, yeah, we're very we're very <laughs> big fans. We're very very big fans of Max Cavalera, so 
Um, it was really a dream come true to get to talk to him, even if it was only for a few minutes. Uh, it's pretty diverse, actually. There's not really one um, subject throughout the whole record. It has everything from... Uh, I mean, it's wide open. It goes from Cenobites, which is about Hellraiser and Hell Priests, and the whole, Clive, you know, Clive Barker, you know, Hellraiser thing, all the way to the Bible and stuff like Demonized, which has like passages from the Seven Thunders, which I found it in the Bible. So that kind of gives you an idea that I'm, I'm totally open-minded when it comes to lyrics. There's no place that probably wouldn't touch. Uh, but there's some cool stuff on the record too, like Blood on the Street to me is a, is a huge personal song because I have the Navajos on the record and it's a story of a Navajo girl that got murdered by the police here in Arizona. Nothing happened to the cops. It's a huge injustice. It's really, really a brutal strategy. And um, it's kind of like one of those documentary songs, kind of like Manifest Out of Chaos. Yeah, we were talking about how, oh yeah, we haven't discussed all the albums by Soulfly yet. And uh, Max is like, oh, yeah, well, you know, if we do this again sometime, we'll come do it on the bus. And I was like, oh, man, that'd be so cool. Uh, obviously, it's been, what, four years and that hasn't happened because, you know, a lot of shit's changed in four years. <laughs> Especially the last two years. Yeah, yeah, specifically. So, um, understandably, we did not get to go do that, but uh, that is fine. Um, so this record, though, I mean, it had been a while since I'd even listened to Soulfly uh, when this record ended up dropping. And uh, I actually got to hear it. I heard it a few days before it came out um, as part of the, you know, one of the cool things about getting to interview people about new albums is sometimes you get to hear the new album first, you know? And um, this is by far, this is, th this is by far one of their best. Um, I think... Vocally, it is it is the most angry, the most pissed off. I think guitar-wise, I think it's the most technical guitar, lead guitar playing that I've heard uh, from this band. I think the record gets in and gets out. It's it's not a super technical record by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it is technical enough to catch your attention when those leads start to take over the song. It's technical enough, yes, but it's also rhythmic, and it has the right vibe. If one record could sum up the entire discography of Soulfly, it's this record. And I'm anxious to hear the new album when it comes out to see if they continue along this direction. Anytime Soulfly can break from the static pace of the song and have a few tempo changes here and there, it makes the album sound unique in the discography of Soulfly, but it's not unique in metal. Meter changes are something everybody has done at some point, at least in classic metal or thrash metal, so I think it's interesting to hear Soulfly do that because you're allowing that tribal influence to fluctuate, and that's not something that usually happens when you're talking about tribal influences. Most of the time, Tribal means set the beat, set the pace, and it doesn't change until the song is over. Now Soulfly is playing with the meter, and they're pushing you forward and backward into that old school vibe and the new vibe. And while we're at it, we're going to shred because we're Soulfly and we can do that. It actually sounds more classic metalcore at times 
just the way they mix those things together. And I think it works really well. And it's very unique to Soulfly the way that the album comes together as a whole. Yeah, I agree. I think this is this is the best. They're still at the top of their game. And new records coming out in 2022, I believe. July. Finally. Yeah, I want to say July, probably. And so actually, you know, after having this discussion, I'll be even more pumped on it than I would have been otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes doing the, this show is very strange in that, like, it can sometimes really pump me up for a band, but then at other times completely make me not want to listen to a band ever again. And in this case, you're listening to Soulfly, so you know it's going to make you want to listen to that band. Final thoughts on Soulfly. Dan? I mean, Soulfly is the real deal. I think that, you know, the idea of a Max Cavalera-fronted band, you're going to have a set of expectations that I think, for the most part, for me, have been met. You know, and obviously I'm a fanboy, so you're going to say, like, well, of course he's going to like all the albums. He loves Max. He loves all, you know. The true. We had a YouTube comment that basically said the same thing, only it used much more vulgar language. <laughs> uh, so I won't read that one here, but uh, I will just say that, yeah, I'm a fanboy. I'm not going to say I love every single note, every single song of everything that Soulfly's ever done, but I think overall, I think that these guys have a killer discography on its own. Even if there had never been a Sepultura or a history of that or any of that stuff, if Soulfly was just some brand new band with a bunch of guys in it that nobody would ever heard of, I think I would still enjoy this discography just as much as I do now. I think Soulfly is one of the staples in every heavy metal fan's collection for a reason. They bring the right vibe that everybody could do, but everyone is also trying to push the limit, push the boundary. They're trying to make it more complex, more loud, more interesting, more technical. There comes a point when you're making music where you just got to make music. And I think that's what Soulfly does better than any other heavy metal artist, past, present, future. They get together and make music. And that is something everyone needs to spend more time doing and recently have spent more time just making music. But it's also clearly real people making that music. And I think that's important. And that's going to be the last time I say that about this band. It's actually musicians making music. And I think that's exactly what Soulfly is. And that's what you will get from this band so listen to soulfly you're going to get a unique experience but you're also going to get the break in everything else you've been listening to that's going to set you up for success later on in your listening i guarantee you're going to have a good time listening to this band dan what's your album of the week uh without a doubt it's not even close it's Erebus by venom prison it's gonna be the new Vane record, don't worry. But I'm still, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still digging into Venom Prison. I, 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 I still love that record. For me, it's Primitive by Soulfly because I'm not going to listen to Soulfly and not tell you Primitive is my album of the week. I mean, fair enough. Are you excited to talk about Guns N' Roses next week, dude? <laughs> not even a little bit. Don't worry, dude. We're gonna take a trip. It's gonna be fun. I highly doubt it. We're gonna jump to light speed. 
Go hang out with John Drake in his sweet man cave, a.k.a. the Millennium Falcon. I mean, I guess. I heard that thing's a pretty big hunk of junk. Take us out, DFT. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Discography Discussion. If you want to get more episodes like this one, make sure to visit DiscussMetal.com for all things Discography Discussion. Make sure to send us an email at show at gmail.com or you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Discuss Metal. You can find us on YouTube at Discuss Metal Dan. If you guys have a product or a company or a band or something that you would like for us to talk about on this podcast, please send us an email at show at gmail.com. And we will talk about the sweet, sweet pricing options we have for you for that. And on that note, this has been episode 264 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Scrooge McDuckett into your money. Oh. One dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. No, get off the hood of my car! Do you hear something? Get off the hood of my car! Get off my car! Oh, come on!